North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for the continued support. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. I'm a naturopathic doctor, and I'm all about bringing you the very best in natural medicine. Tonight, we're going to be talking about an epidemic that is sweeping our country. It's incredibly common. It's affecting kids now. It's all about diabetes and prediabetes. Before I introduce our guest for tonight... I'd love to let you know about upcoming shows we have. I'm amazed at the guests I get on this show. I just I, I was thinking people were going to say no when I asked them, and I maybe I have a bad attitude about it, but I get yes all across the board. It's so exciting to be able to bring you guys these amazing guests. So the next few weeks are book solid. Next week, Tuesday, June 7th, I uh, have Nora Gidgaudis on the show. She is the author of Primal Body, Primal Mind. Kind of, kind of paleo, sort of in the paleo realm, but she's beyond paleo. It's just... She's so smart. I went to a conference maybe like six months ago and had a chance to meet this author, and I was just – I didn't even want to go back and continue li- uh, listening at the seminar. I just wanted to keep picking her brain for the whole one or, you know, the rest of the day. So that will be a treat having her next week. That's Nora Gagoutis on Primal Body, Primal Mind. That's next week. So the week after that, Dr. Nicola McFadgen, she is the author of The Lyme Diet. We'll be talking all about Lyme disease, very common, very commonly underdiagnosed, I should say. It's a chronic bacterial infection, and for people who have it, they know how debilitating this condition is and learn all about what naturopathic medicine can do to help with the treatment of Lyme disease. So that's in two weeks. The week immediately after that, that is June 21st, Tuesday, I'll be interviewing Sally Fallon. She is the author of Nourishing Traditions. So excited to have her on the show. She's really well-known for her her amazing cookbook. It's very well-known in the naturopathic community and beyond. And, um, yeah, so that's in three weeks. And then also in July, we'll have Rob Wolf on the show. He's the author of The Paleo Solution. So I'm sure I'll be getting the CrossFit community jumping on my bandwagon, so I'm excited about that. If you have not checked out my website, drlaurennoel.com, that's drlaurennoel.com. I do take patients all over the country and the world as well, doing Skype and phone consultations, so anything is possible. So check me out if you're looking for health services. I'm also taking questions for the show, call-in questions or Facebook and Twitter questions. So if you'd like to call in and ask a question, 818-495-6919. That's 818-495-6919. And Facebook.com slash Dr. Noel. Twitter.com slash Dr. Lauren Noel, and on to tonight's guest. We have a special guest in the building, Dr. Mona Morstein. She is a naturopathic doctor who I am happy to have on the show. I had a chance to meet her a few months back at a conference, and I knew for a fact I wanted her to be on the show because she is just fabulous. Dr. Mona Mona Morstein received a Bachelor's in Science in Foods and Nutrition, summa cum laude, from uh, ASU in 1984. Dr. Morstein graduated from the National College of Naturopathic Medicine, as well as myself, and completed a year residency in family practice. She had a regular successful, um, excuse me, she had a successful private practice in Great Falls, Montana for 13 years where she did regular speaking engagements and had a cable access TV show called Natural Health. 
Dr. Morstein is a frequent speaker at conferences on diabetes and gastroenterology in the U.S. and Canada, and she's been interviewed on TV by MSNBC as a diabetic expert and has spoken at the American Diabetes Association Exposition. Dr. Morstein is the Chair of Nutrition. She teaches gastroenterology and is a clinical supervisor at the Naturopathic College in Arizona, which is Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine. She's considered to be an expert on treating all different types of diabetes and all ages of people, but she also has a comprehensive family practice where she treats all sorts of other things like digestive complaints, allergies, women's health, and on and on. And she uses many different therapies in her practice. It's very holistic, so nutritional therapies, supplementation, homeopathy, hydrotherapy, and lots more. She has many tools in her toolbox, and we'll be learning all about those tonight. So let me go ahead and bring Dr. Morstein here on the air. Dr. Morstein, are you with us? I am. Hello. Fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. For sure. So, yeah, I remember having a conversation with you a few months back, and I was like, hey, I'm doing this show. It would be great to have you on, and here we are. So you never know. <laughs> yeah, that's terrific. That's great. I appreciate you pursuing it. Yeah, definitely. It just it needs to be out there. People, more people need to know about naturopathic medicine, so that's exactly why I'm doing the show. So, Dr. Morstein, you have a specialty in your practice. What made you decide to specialize in diabetes? Well, um, you know, I think that um, when I was in practice in Montana, you know, I started to see uh, some patients with it and realized I wasn't really very knowledgeable about how to address this in really broad-based effective terms. And so... um, you know, I guess instead of saying, well, I can't see diabetic patients because I don't know how to treat them, I kind of decided to say, you know, I really want to treat diabetic patients, so I immersed myself in the study of that disease. And um, I came to find almost immediately how much I love working with patients with this condition, and it was a very easy process over a few years to start feeling uh, pretty comfortable in treating it in its different manifestations. I'm so glad you specialize in this because we need a lot more naturopathic doctors who can really step up and, and educate uh, the other ones on exactly how to do this. So where did where did you have to, you know, go to get more information of doing this? Was it just kind of your own investigation, or how did you go ahead and do that? Well, I, to be honest, one of the first things I did, you know, coincidentally, uh, I went to the Montana, uh, at that time in Montana, we had our, Montana Association of Naturopathic Physician group meetings, which we had about every three months. And at those meetings, some doc would do a little bit of a lecture to the rest of us. And at that next one, there was an ND in Montana who's actually a type 1 diabetic who shared his experiences in working with a medical doctor who also had type 1 diabetes, Dr. Richard Bernstein, and who has written a book, uh, Dr. Bernstein's diabetes solution and so my next step was to call up that physician and um, ask if I could come and work with him for a week which he did and I flew out to New York and worked with Dr. Uh, Bernstein and got some real basics of education from him that I then just started you know applying in my own practice and then over some time you know felt that um you know, I, I was learning then well on my own. And then, of course, a physician always learns in just seeing patients and seeing what works and doesn't work and, 
you know, putting things together in, in, in that kind of application. Right, that's why it's called a practice, right? You're putting it to practice. Exactly. That's what works for your patients. So I'd, I'd love to hear more about what you learn with Bernstein and, and, and on and on and what you do with your patients. But let's take a step back and just start with the basics. So there's a lot of misconceptions, I, I think, out there when it comes to diabetes. What is diabetes exactly? You know, I think the one word, you know, the one line definition of diabetes is that people have lost the metabolic capacity to process carbohydrates, you know, and, um, you know, we have the two, We, you know, we have really, at this point, I'd say three main, maybe even four main ones. We have, you know, type 1 diabetes, which we tend to see in our pediatric patients, uh, an autoimmune disease, which means that these patients, their own white blood cells have attacked their own pancreases and have destroyed them enough so that they don't produce enough insulin and, uh, you know, may need to be on insulin themselves, oftentimes need to be on insulin themselves. Our our number one kind of diabetic is, of course, our type 2, which is mostly associated with people really eating poorly, gaining weight, and not exercising. And then even though they make insulin, their bodies don't react to it normally. Uh, we also have gestational diabetes, which is people who uh, become pregnant and then de- develop diabetes. And we also have uh, a kind of type 1 diabetic that happens in our adult patients uh, and is oftentimes misdiagnosed as type 2. Um, and so those are, you know, certainly the top four kind of diabetics that I think, you know, are walking around the most in our country. And and it is a crisis. We right now have about 26 million diabetic patients, and we have about 80, what is it now, up to 87 million pre-diabetics. So nearly one-third of the population of America is either a diabetic or a pre-diabetic. I mean, that's an alarming crisis. That is madness. That's just insane. What's what's going on with this? Why is this happening? I think there's a number of reasons why this is happening. I you know, when we look at with type 2 diabetes, 90 to 95% of patients who have diabetes have this type 2 form. And you know, what's associated with that is again, people overeating, also overeating foods such as, you know, sugar and refined flour and saturated fat, and and as a result, you know, uh, not getting in vital nutrients that their bodies need to help process blood sugar well. And they also, uh, you know, wind up um, not exercising, and so when we exercise, we can burn our blood sugar, we can burn the fat off, and they're not doing that. We get into hormonal imbalances that are implicated. We also get even into environmental toxicity. There are there are metals like arsenic and lead, and even chemicals that are you know sprayed on uh, you know around our societies and in, and enter our food that interfere with our capacity to handle insulin well. You know, so there's a lot of factors going on. Uh, that are creating this type 2 epidemic, and not just in America, but really worldwide. Right, right. Now, 
If you were to look at the American Dietetic Association, the way that they recommend for people to eat is very different from the way I would recommend people to eat if they want to prevent diabetes. What What do they recommend and what do you recommend? Well, you know, the uh, your RDs, I mean, American Dietetic, that organization tends to follow the guidelines of any official organization that represents a disease. So they're following the American Diabetes Association guidelines. You know, the um, ADA has historically promoted a higher carbohydrate diet and lower fat diet. And this is mainly because, you know, when they autopsied uh, diabetic patients, you know, 40 years ago who had died of heart attack and stroke, which is the number one reason diabetics do pass away, they found that their arteries were clogged with cholesterol. And and at that time, the understanding uh, was that, of course, we need to therefore avoid cholesterol and fat to prevent the arteries from gaining cholesterol and fat and causing cardiovascular disease. And what we now know, say, 40 years later, is that you know, cardiovascular disease, even in our diabetic patients, is mostly related to elevated blood sugars and also elevated insulin levels at insulin resistance and also our nutrient deficiencies. So many things are implicated that really it's it's not just, you know, we shouldn't really have a high-carb diet and low-fat and, and call this correct for our diabetic patients. The other reason the ADA likes to have a higher-carb diet is because they're concerned about patients getting into hypoglycemia. And so to prevent them from having low blood sugar episodes, they believe they should have some regular intake of carbohydrates uh, to prevent that from happening. Now, what's interesting is that the American Diabetes Association uh, two or three years ago did come out uh, with an, uh, a dietary guideline that said people could use low-carb diets, although uh, they still wanted people to have around 130 grams of carbs a day. But to the ADA, that's a low-carb diet to help them lose weight. But they've never suggested, you know, lowering carbs to control blood sugars better and, uh, you know, and to be a therapeutic diet for people who cannot really handle a lot of carbohydrates metabolically in general. So, um, you know, that's where the ADA and that standard diet um, is coming from. And, of course, I would say the vast majority, if not all, naturopathic physicians are not advocates of that diet, you know, and the philosophy of it and are, you know, treating people in a a very different way, you know, through foods and nutrition. Right, right. And we'll definitely get to that in a little bit of what diet you really promote with your patients for diabetes. And just to just to take another step back, what what would be some of the symptoms that a person would have if they had diabetes? Well, again, I think we should, why don't we just focus, say, on type 2, you know, the main kind, because, you know, different types can present in different ways. If we're looking at the classic type 2 diabetic, 90 to 95% of our population, 
you know, in general, these people are going to be overweight and with that abdominal fat that promotes insulin resistance. For general kind of girly fat, you know, a little in the hips, a little in the butt, and that's not the problematic fat. It's the fat that's in in the abdomen, your beer belly kind of fat. So we're looking at patients who are overweight and that it's sitting in the abdomen. A lot of, um, you know, now patients may be tired. They can be moody. They may find that wounds are not healing quickly or well. They may find that if they get sick, they're sick for a lot longer, that they're not recovering from the cold or flu or bronchitis they should have recovered from. We might find that they get into uh, yeasty, you know, that they have, um, uh, women might have vaginal uh, yeast problems. You might be having, uh, you know, growing uh, toenail fungus, uh, you know, that they might be getting into problems along those lines. Um, You know, so it's this is where it is it can be very hidden on average people may be out of control with their blood sugar for years before you know they go to a doctor have their blood drawn and it's picked up it's certainly not really the dramatic onset that we see in our autoimmune diabetes patients so people can be walking around quite a while either pre-diabetic or diabetic and really not know Right, just have no idea. And you don't have to be overweight to be pre-diabetic, right? I mean, you can have these issues. I mean, not necessarily, right? Well, I would say if you're getting in, if your blood sugars are, you know, raising and it's uncommon that that would happen in a lean, you know, person. I mean, becoming overweight with that abdominal weight is going to be, you know, it's not that from Tuesday to Wednesday you become a diabetic. First, your body is giving you clues, you know, I am gaining weight in my middle. My blood sugar is elevating, you know, and and, and it'll do that, you know, for some people for, uh, you know, even up to years. And if people lose the weight and eat better and so forth, they won't become a diabetic patient. But if they ignore it and keep going, keep gaining more weight, you know, more nutrient deficient, you know, it's it's likely they might, you know, they're going to enter into the diabetic world. Got it. So if a patient, let's say someone's listening right now, they're thinking, okay, I got some I got some fat in the midsection. I'm noticing, you know, maybe I don't feel like, maybe I get tired after I eat more than I used to and I'm craving carbs and they want to go into their doctor and get worked up for um, for diabetes. What what would be some things that, that maybe they should ask for? You know, let's say they're going to a conventional doctor and they, and they want to be able to, you know, ask about some things that, that can be run for them that maybe a typical doctor wouldn't. What would you recommend? Oh, I think that I think in that regard we're probably very similar to our MDs, you know, the NDs with the diagnosis. Everybody's going to be doing a fasting blood sugar. Everybody will do a hemoglobin A1C, which is a uh, which is our key monitoring tool for diabetes for seeing if people are in or not in control. Uh depending and if that just measures you know, over the past three months, you know, 24 hours a day, where have your blood sugars on average been? And so they'll do that, we'll do that. MDs invariably will probably throw in vitamin D, and some MDs will and some won't. But everybody will throw in the lipids, what's your cholesterol and triglyceride, and, you know, uh, these are all standard 
you know, um, blood work that I think everybody would include on panels. Uh, and then I think, you know, what we call, uh, you know, our other panels, such as looking at the kidney and the liver, you know, these I, those basic panels will definitely uncover pre- and actual diabetes, um, you know, as well as a physical exam. Okay, so what on the physical exam would be things that you would be checking for with diabetes? Well, mainly with the physical exam, you know, we're looking at their uh, their weight and, uh, you know, if their weight, getting their BMI, their body mass index, and if seeing if they're overweight or obese. We're also measuring their waist and seeing if it's above 35, you know, for a woman and 40 for a boy, uh, a, a guy, you know, showing again another that's another uh, indication of getting into insulin resistance or a risk factor for insulin resistance. They also may grow things, things, people that grow skin tags, these little pieces of skin people get around their necks, that's a sign of insulin resistance. And also there's a kind of, um, kind of a rash called nigricans. And um, that's, um, a kind of a velvety brown rash people people can get on their neck or under their breasts or so that's definitely an indication of you know insulin resistance so we can look at people you know we'll, we might find the toenail fungus and there, so there are some ideas that we can get physically with people Okay, and actually you cut out for just a second when you mentioned the darkness on the neck. Yeah, so what, yes. what is that again? That's called acanthosis nigricans. Got it. That, we don't really have another. That's the formal term. So it's a kind of a velvety brown rash uh, that we can see in some people. I mean, some people we might also be doing tests of their feet and starting to pick up some nerve damage. Um, you know, so there's, it can play out. We might want to check their eyes, see if there's been any changes in their uh, in their retinas, if any damage is happening there. Uh, you know, so the, a physical exam can definitely be helpful with our uh, pre and actual diabetic patients. So why why is this why is this such a big deal? You know, I mean, someone's listening right now. They're thinking, okay, I don't. You know, I'm overweight, and why is this such a big deal for me to go in and get checked and make sure this isn't, you know, a state for me? What happens? What are the complications? Yeah, I mean, that's a very good point. And, um, you know, diabetes, you know, the idea with diabetes is that, you know, it's not that big a deal. What's a really big deal is uncontrolled diabetes. Uncontrolled diabetes is devastating uh, to our to individuals uh, and even to our economic costs in this country. Diabetes is the number one reason adults go blind in our country. It's the number one reason adults have to go on kidney dialysis, that they have kidney failure. It's the number one reason outside of trauma that people have to have limb amputations. It's also, you know, most of our patients who have diabetes where it's not well controlled uh, lose about 12 years of their lifespan. They have a much shorter lifespan. They have, of course, a, a much higher, they, two to four times increased risk of having a heart attack or stroke. You know, I mean, so it's um, uncontrolled diabetes is uh, a very problematic 
condition. Wow, I didn't know that about the 12 years shorter life. That's crazy. Yeah, definitely. Wow. And remember, the last years of life tend to be in poor health. Right, right. Wow, that's that's a trip. I am uh, talking to Dr. Mona Morstein. We're talking about how to uh, fight diabetes naturally. And uh, the number to call in, 818-495-6919, 818-495-6919 if you have a question. I have a caller here from the 916. I'm going to go ahead and take a caller here. Caller, are you there? I am. Great. What's your name and where are you calling from? I'm Chuck, and I'm calling from Northern California. Hi, Chuck. Thanks for calling. What's your question for Dr. Morstein? Well, my dad has just been diagnosed with pre-diabetic. He's 80 years old, and my question is, what can you recommend at his age he could do to prevent him from getting full-blown diabetes? Yeah, well, of course, uh, <laughs> you know, knowing nothing about your father aside from this, I would say, you know, I don't know uh, his capacity to exercise, even if an 80-year-old can walk a little bit, just get up and move his body. There's even chair exercises for our seniors that's beneficial or water exercises. And then I would, you know, look at his diet. I would certainly want to remove anything like soda pop or, uh, cook, you know, the refined sugar, candy, cakes, pastries, anything you know, refined sugar, and I would want to make sure uh, if he has some grains, they're all whole grains, so he doesn't eat white rice, he eats brown rice. I'd want to make sure that he's getting good oils in his diet because good oils can definitely decrease insulin resistance. So that would mean, you know, making sure that he's getting in more oils that we call omega-3 oils and that are really so helpful for us. And so we'd want to check his diet, uh, you know, and, and make sure that he understands where he can get those oils and what kind of nuts and fish and oils to use in the home, you know, can be helpful for him. And, I, you know, at 80, I mean, you know, I, I, I think there's probably a very good chance, you know, he doesn't have to develop diabetes. If he can maybe make some simple changes, I'd probably also recommend uh, some supplementation, uh, to make sure he's getting in all the nutrients, uh, you know, that we need to make sure sugar can run well in the body, chromium and zinc and vanadium and B vitamins. And and we can also take fish oils and supplementation to help with the diet intake of our omega-3s. And these are some simple things that can really have profound differences you know, if he needs to lose weight, just simple changes like that can really make a difference. Awesome. Do you have any follow-up questions, Chuck? Uh, no, she's answered them quite well, and she's uh, opened my eyes to a lot of things, and I'll pass it on to him. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks, thanks, Chuck. All thanks right. for your question. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Yeah. That was a good question, good answer. So yeah, <laughs> and he kind of he kind of yeah. asked a little bit of what I was going to ask, and we'll, we'll get a little bit more into uh, things that you do as a naturopathic doctor for patients. Um, sure. How successful are the conventional treatments for diabetes? Well, um, you know, conventional treatment for diabetes, you know, there are some things that are equal. Everybody wants people to stop smoking and get some exercise and so forth. You know, if 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 the MD is, you know, discussing exercise and things with patients, I mean, that's helpful. But there, 
mean, basically the MDs also uh, work off of the ADA. I mean, the problem is, from my experience, and look, and I'm I'm not anti-MD. I work, you know, I mean, they do some things amazingly fantastic, you know, but they're, if they discuss the diet, which they oftentimes don't with patients, you know, they tend to refer them to a nutritionist who very well may be promoting the ADA line. And so that's not very helpful is getting on a typical American Diabetes Association diet. Uh, You know, classic breakfast, for example, is oatmeal. And most diabetic patients will see their blood sugars going up after that kind of a breakfast. So the other thing that the MDs focus on, of course, is drugs. The standard drug, the number one drug that everybody agrees on, I hope even NDs, to start using with patients is the metformin, also known as glucophage, which is a fairly, you know, if if you don't get any gut upset from it, it's actually, and, and you don't have any kidney failure, you can take this drug. It's pretty, it's very safe, and and it can be effective a little bit. You know, I was just reading an article this this morning, though. You know, by uh, docs on saying what should be, you know, the second drug that they recommend, because in general, uh, using just, you know, uh, not, you know, an ADA diet and drugs, on average, people get a drug, and three years later, they'll need a second drug, and five, you know, and after another couple of years, they'll probably have to go on insulin, and you know, it just keeps escalating, um, and so. Um, you know, it's you know, if we had good control over standard care, we wouldn't see the devastating complications that we see, you know, in patients with diabetes. So it is a little frustrating, I think, for patients. Sometimes they're, you know, they're they want to do the right thing, they want to be educated, they want their blood sugars down, but the innate protocol, you know, may not really be as effective in helping them do that. Well, I think that's a perfect example of that. You, you're on one medication, three years later you're put on another one, and another one it's just it's not getting to the cause of the problem. So that makes perfect exactly. sense why they'd have to stay on medications for years and years and years. So you, you can't forget the basics when it comes to that. So what what can a person do on a, on a daily basis to prevent getting diabetes? You mentioned exercise. Um, yeah, I you know. think one is, you know, one is, of course, staying in a normal weight, right? Uh, it's incredibly un common if a person who's at normal weight gets type 2 diabetes, right? Um, So that means including some exercise. If you're at normal weight and you just want to maintain your weight, the standard exercise is 30 minutes, five days a week, about the average of, you know, that 150 minutes of exercise. If you, you know, need to lose weight, then we kind of bump it up a little bit more, even up to one hour five days a week, which is a standard understanding of uh, weight loss exercise time. And in that time, we want to, you know, mix up what we call aerobic, which is the, um, you know, you're going for a walk at a good pace, and also treadmills and elliptical machines and bicycles where you're getting your heart up. And mix that with what we call resistance, which is when we're using our muscles more, like with resistance bands um, or with weights. If patients just even get on a bare bones exercise and maintain their weight, uh, that's a huge, you know, that's a huge help. 
and also if they just watch their diet. You know, get rid of the junk food and the and the fast food and, you know, and eat healthy, include your veggies and watch your portion sizes. I mean, you know, just because you're at a restaurant and they have this ginormous plate of food they serve you, it, you don't have to eat it all right then and there, <laughs> you know, and we need to just regulate our intake. Get your sleep. Lack of sleep is a tremendous problem for maintaining your weight. Uh, you have an incredible risk of getting overweight and obese if you're not getting at least, you know, six to nine hours of sleep a night. Also, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, try to eat more organic food. Try to keep the chemicals out of your home. Don't spray you know, toxic chemicals for bugs in your home or outside your home. Like I, I, I live in Phoenix, and it's it's kind of buggy country. But I have this company that comes that uses just uh, essential oils, does no toxic spraying of anything, and keeps the bugs on the outside and not inside my house. There are companies like these all over the country, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't. So keep and and get you know get less chemicals in your cleaning supply and your you know and and these chemicals can negatively affect us and of negatively affect our capacity to keep our blood sugars under control as people are just kind of doing this these sort of simple basic things you know they don't have to develop blood sugar problems right right so what what are what are ways for patients to um, maintain their blood sugar throughout the day when it comes to diet you mean when they are or are not a diabetic? Just just like to prevent diabetes. I'm thinking more prevention at this point. Well, again, I think, you know, I think, you know, there's very probably little difference between prevention and treatment. Right. <laughs> if you don't want to become a diabetic or you are a diabetic, get rid of soda pop, including the diet pop. You know, there are, if you, you know, mostly people should drink water. There are some companies now that make quote-unquote pops, you know, sweetening them with stevia, you know, or erythritol. And those, of course, won't affect the blood sugar at all if you have to have some sort of poppy kind of drink, right? Mm -hmm. And you can get those at um, Whole Foods or Sprouts or other kind of alternative health foods, you know, food stores. Um, And uh, But you got to get rid of, you know, artificial sweeteners and you certainly got to get rid of sugar and pop is a terrible thing you know in that regard drink less you know beer i mean if you have you you know try to have limited alcohol uh or just maybe one drink uh you know a night that's it max and um also um you know get rid of the refined you don't you know we don't want white bread and white spaghetti noodles and the white uh, you know, refined crackers and white rice. Mm-hmm. You know, fiber definitely um, slows down uh, the rise of blood sugar. And um, so getting more fiber in uh, for when you do have grains uh, is great. But so that's, of course, also helpful with more nutrients as well. Mm-hmm. Lot, you know, get, I would say I like patients to have two to five cups of veggies a day, have a fruit a day, and this is all preventive more. You know, these are these are just ways you're going to get the nutrients in. You know, don't eat 
in terms of the fats, you know, saturated fat is not really an evil. We do need some saturated fat in our diet. But the problem is is that in our society right now, uh, we get a ton of saturated fat and almost none of the essential fatty acids. Most of this comes because of agri-industry meat. If you take a cow and you just have it eat ranch grass, like where we see in Montana, if a cow just eats grass on the range, half of its fat is essential fatty acid. It's like salmon oil. Historically, we've always gotten our essential fatty acids from animal flesh. But what they do now is send that, you know, same, they'll let the cattle eat the grass, but then they send it to a feedlot where they feed it grains. And grains in animals, we know within days, starts taking all of that essential fat and turning it into saturated fat. And by the end of 90 days, there's almost no essential fatty acid in the cow, in the pork anymore. And so people are eating this meat that's all, you know, saturated. And we get this idea that meat is bad. But I, uh, you know, but I have patients buy their meat from companies that do grass-fed and, and, you know, all fully. They don't do any grain-fed. And this is really healthy meat, has great oils in it. And, you know, people need to know, uh, you know, knowledge, of, you know, about the diet like that. And then we also want to eat beans and nuts, you know, and, uh, you know, not always just be getting all animal, get fish in, get all the different beans in, get many different nuts in, et cetera. Um, get, you know, you can get some soy in and, you know, break up the diets, you know, more omnivore mm-hmm. kind of protein intake. Yeah, that's great. And, the, you know, the, the grass-fed is so important when you're having the beef and the you know the, the yeah, range animals like that, and, and and making sure that you're you're that it's that it's grass finished, like you said, and not just grass just grass fed. Because I don't think people really understand the the difference. Sometimes you go to the the counter and you get grass fed beef, but you don't realize that the last month or so they fed it corn and fattened it back up again, and it, so it the, the the fat profile totally changes. So asking for grass finish is very important. Um, That's um, and, and I have to agree, uh, a superb and excellent point. Right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I have many of those. <laughs> you <kidding>. do. <laughs> so let's say you have a patient come into your office. You you you've done all the diagnostic workup. You see that this patient is diabetic. Um, you've talked about diet. You've you've you know done the basics. The real important thing. There's there, you tell them about sleeping right and the exercise and the diet and all that. Um, what else can can a naturopathic doctor do beyond that to better um, address the diabetic diagnosis? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, well, a diabetic, you know, protocol does include what, you know, we've got to, you know, I have my patients, you know, um, fill out a weak diet diary and a glucograph, uh, which is, you know, having them recording their blood sugars throughout the day and have them come back. And you know, that's a very excellent tool of education for them and also for me that we can see what they eat, we see exactly how it affected their blood sugar, uh, you know, and then I, you know, correct their diet. I do correct their diet. Um, sometimes I like to start with kind of a fast or a detox, you know, have them eat just raw foods for a month or even do a little bit of a veggie, 
juice fasting, you know, just to kind of get them detoxed and, you know, get their taste buds completely changed around from the standard, you know, crappy diet they've been eating, you right. know, you know, break them from that and then set them up, you know, on the lower-carb diet. I use a diet based off of, you know, Dr. Bernstein uh, and his book, you know, Dr. Bernstein's Diabetes Solution. And I also have patients read the chapters on food, uh, you know, before they come back to me. I, I see patients in a two-visit way. The first visit is the intake. I do the physical. We do lab. They come back the second visit, and I set up, you know, the uh, the treatment. And so that visit, we go over the diet, the glucograph. They've read Bernstein. I have my own handouts, you know, on how to apply the diet. And then we discuss supplementation and so forth. It's a pretty good way for docs to do it, I think. And in that second visit, yeah, we go diet, we go supplements, we go exercise, we go sleep, stress management. You know, we've got to cover all the bases that things may be out of balance uh, and how it's affecting their glucose control. I love it. How how long do you spend with your patients? The first office visit, which is the intake and physical, and so is an hour and a half. The second visit, if they're a diabetic that is not, on insulin is um, an hour, although sometimes up to an hour and a half. If they're on insulin, then it's definitely an hour and a half or even two because then I have to teach them how to properly use insulin, um, at least use it the way I teach it, which I think is the proper way. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course. So, um, you know, so it's, pretty, it's a long time, you know, but that way we're not rushed and we get through everything and patients have got a lot of education, and an educated patient, you know, oftentimes can more easily be, uh, you know, follow the plan and have success with it. Mm-hmm. Are there are there any is there any research behind some of the naturopathic treatments that are used for diabetes? What a great question! Actually, <laughs> there's a bazillion, and that's the medical term, uh-huh, um, studies. Of on low-carb diets and the benefits of those and how actually low-carb, you know, can be superior to a low-fat diet. And so, I mean, the low-carb diet, now, it's not no-carb. I mean, we have to be, you know, and we also have to realize that we're really pulling grain carbohydrates out. It's not just we know, it's this idea, oh, patients don't eat carbs. Well, of course they do. They're eating vegetables. You know, I allow them to have a little bit of fruit, you know, and and they can have some carbs, right? But it's mainly we pull back a lot on grains. Um, but um, lots of studies on that. And there are a lot of studies, absolutely. Are there studies saying that our supplements, our, our basic nutrients are, are beneficial? Absolutely. Our fish oils? Absolutely. The herbs we use? Absolutely. So we definitely can support our therapies Certainly exercise is well-known, and the sleep is well-known. So, you know, we're not in woo-woo land in what (laughs) we're doing here. We are very scientifically grounded in studies in our application of our protocols. Absolutely. So speaking on, you mentioned some of the herbs. You mentioned herbs. Um, What are some herbs that you like to use with your patients to help with this as well? I think my first and foremost favorite herb is Gymnema sylvester, 
um, also known as Gurmer in India. It's an India Indian herb and uh, called Sugar Destroyer. What I like about Gymnema gym, Sylvester is that um, it, it definitely can help protect the pancreas and um, even grow back some cells, it seems. I find that it definitely helps patients not crave carbohydrates. It also has some little benefit in decreasing insulin resistance. So I like patients to take a lot of that herb. There are other herbs along those lines, like bitter melon, you know, is another frequent used herb in formulas. There's also herbs like holy basil, ginseng, that have all been shown to be helpful in reducing insulin resistance. But I don't throw, like, all of these on patients. I kind of like the gymnema. And I think the next thing we have to understand with people with diabetes is that the complications that they develop is because of oxidative damage, right? And so I feel it's important to also promote a lot of antioxidants with our diabetic patients to not only prevent complications, but also to reverse them. For example, uh, you know, in my practice, and I'm sure many other NDs, I've reversed diabetic neuropathy in patients' feet so that they can feel their feet again, walk more normally, and not have the pain. And, um, you know, so we have not just to prevent the complications, but we can, you know, also treat them with our, and there are many herbs, you know, that I use in that capacity as well. I also put every patient pretty much on our alpha lipoic acid, which isn't really an herb. It's, you know, it's a, it's an antioxidant, and it also reduces insulin resistance. Overweight diabetic patients tend to also get into a fatty liver. I mean, if you've got enough fat in your abdomen, it tends to settle in your liver. The, that does not make the liver happy in any way, shape, or form. And actually, fatty liver is uh, a growing problem in our uh, society and can cause the same sort of cirrhosis that we associate with alcoholics and with hepatitis C. So we've got to be protecting the liver in our overweight type 2s as well, and alpha lipoic acid is very helpful in that. So I think all, you know, I think that's for me one of the things I kind of put all patients on. So, you know, these are some, uh, and there's also other, you know, specialty products that we can use depending on the need of the patient. Right, and everybody's different. You know, I, I know it's sometimes it's hard to ask my 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 guests on the show who are NDs, like, what do you use for this? Because it's like, as a naturopathic doctor, we're taking everything into account. Everybody's an individual, and so what I do for one person with diabetes might be different with somebody else, right? I agree, but I do think that, I mean, I put everybody on an excellent multiple. I put everybody on fish oil. I put everybody on, the, you know, alpha lipoic acid. I put everybody on an antioxidant product. 
you know, and if they're type 2, I'm going to put everybody on an insulin resistance product. So I'm not trying to turn everybody into a conveyor belt, but to me it's just logical. You've been eating poorly for years. You are nutrient deficient. You are insulin resistant. I know that's causing oxidative damage in your body, you know, and, and you know, so and you know, so we've just got to at least start off, you know, with these, you know, with this methodology just covering the basis that we know people are walking in the door with. Right, right. But, you know, we can change it or change the dosing, change this or that. Uh, some people may need other things. And, you know, from there, they may need, you know, then, as you say, exactly, an individualization. Right, right. Um, children are being affected with this now, right? What are, do you know, do you, do you have stats, do you know numbers of how much this is affecting kids now? Well, you know, uh, you know, 20, you know, Years ago, we had never, you know, we had really never seen a child with type 2 diabetes. Uh, usually when we think child, we think, of course, type 1, the autoimmune, uh, which is the largest population that gets type 1. But now we are absolutely seeing uh, our overweight kids, you know, getting into type 2 diabetes getting into high cholesterol, you know, you know, and we've even had, you know, patients under 30 having heart attacks. Right. You know, so it's um it's crazy. I mean, it is crazy. It, 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 it's just crazy, frankly. I think I, w- I was uh, looking at some notes you had from the ECAM conference and you're there and these are probably even just outdated now because it was just last year. I mean, this is rising at such a huge rate and it was that um, one in three born will be diabetic. Yeah. One, right now, if nothing changes in our society, the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, stated that one out of every three, you know, children or, you know, born today will be a diabetic. And if you're Hispanic, if that's your heritage, it's one out of every two. Yeah, that's a trip. That is crazy. So, and in, in here it says 2,200 people every single day are diagnosed with diabetes, and 638 deaths per day. 65 patients yeah. go blind every day. So, this is real stuff. This is real stuff. And if you want to be sick, just keep eating the way you're eating, and keep doing the food guide pyramid, and you know, eating all those grains and sugars and all that, because that's it's doing the trick and in, in creating diabetes. That's for sure. Um, so, yeah, so what what are some resources that you like for the people listening who they want to learn a little bit more about this? Are there books you like, websites? Um, yeah, I mean, there are, um, you know, I would start with Dr. Bernstein's, you know, book, um, uh, Dr. Bernstein's Diabetes Solution. And I think that's uh, a good book. Um and, of course, Dr. Bernstein has had type 1 diabetes, I think now for 65 or 68 or something years, wow. you know, and, uh, you know, and is doing fine, you know, as a result. There's a website called diabetesincontrol.com, which is a website that is, you know, you know, really promoting, you know, um, you know, Bernstein's, you know, methodology, plus also, um, 
you know, standard, you know, a, a standard care, you know, news that comes out. Mm-hmm. There's also another website for people who, for pediatric patients, well, the parents anyway, of pediatric type 1 that's called childrenwithdiabetes.com. And um, these are, you know, um, good, you know, solid websites, you know, and then, you know, there's, of course, a lot of books, you know, out there. Um, Bernstein is, doesn't really talk about, he his book is, you know, really talking about um, the diet mm-hmm. and then also medication, you know, so he doesn't really talk much about uh, supplementation in any way, you know, form uh, and uh, or herbs or things like that. So your, you know, your local naturopathic physician would be your source for that. Right. And for those listening, if you want to find an ND in your area, naturopathic.org is the site to do that. You can put in your your location and find a, a qualified naturopathic doctor in your area. And you can also click in, on, on the different names and see what they specialize in as well. And And you have a private practice yourself too, right? I do in Tempe, Arizona. I'm sure it's worth the travel for people to come see you. I do have a lot of people travel. Yeah, and your Uh, website is drmonamorstein.com, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to spell it for people in case they have no idea how to spell that. So it's D-R-M-O-N-A, right? M-O-R-S-T-E-I-N.com, drmonamorstein.com. Am I pronouncing it right? You are very, very well done. I'm curious. What did I love to ask this to some of my guests? What did you eat today? I'm just curious. What did I eat today? Yeah. What did you eat today? (laughs) Well, I uh, for breakfast I had a piece of millet bread with um, sunflower seed nut butter on it, Mm -hmm. and. then uh, for lunch, I had some goat yogurt with a lot of berries, cherries and raspberry and blueberries, and uh, and I had a few cashews as well. And before I got on with you, because I thought I might get hungry, <laughs> I had a, a bunch of leftover veggies I had stir-fried last night. So that's what I've eaten today. Awesome. So you practice what you <laughs> preach. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little hyper. I'm gonna make sure I always eat healthy when I'm gonna quit if I'm ever on your radio show. I know you better because I'm gonna call you on it, girl. <laughs> Dr. Morstein, is there anything you'd like to leave with our listeners before I let you go? Uh, no, I do think that um, you know, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned naturopathic.org. You know, and I do think that for this condition, you know, naturopathic medicine. I believe that NDs own diabetes, that with our capacity to use the drugs when necessary, but our whole other onset, you know, of diet and supplements and herbs and exercise and the time we give, you know, with patients that this condition is made, you know, for naturopathic medicine, Mm -hmm. you know. So um, I hope that, you know, listeners, you know, just take that one little step of searching for the local ND and get some good care. Totally, get some good care. I, I just saw a hand go up in the switchboard. Do you mind if I take one more question, Dr. Marcin? Not yes. at all, no. Okay, perfect. So I have a caller from the 619 here. Caller, are you there? Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, it's Faustina. I'm calling from San Diego. Hey, girl. 
Glad you called in. Thanks for calling in. What's your question for Dr. Morstein? I was looking for a little opening, and I heard you saying goodbye. I was like, wait. Um, Procrastinator. (laughs) I know. I'm listening. Um, Thank you so much for having this conversation, and thank you for having Dr. Morstein on, and thank you, Dr. Morstein, for the work that you do, the work that both of you do. I um, don't really know how to formulate my question, but I thought I'd just jump in here. My mom was diagnosed last um, week or so with cancer, and she's also a diabetic, and she's also got heart disease, so she's got a trifecta going on. So over here for me, I'm thinking, you know, in California, she's in the Midwest, that I'd love to bring her over here and give her natural remedies. I still need to find out what stage she's in. But my question, I guess, is in the world, when I was went to visit her, I was just there, um, I wanted to just give her raw foods and just feed her body with natural, you know, good stuff. And a lot of times she really didn't want it. And so I was not, I'm like not knowing like how to help her. And then also I was like maybe a raw diet isn't good for her because she's a diabetic or really didn't know. So don't, like I said, don't know quite how to formulate the question, but it was in the inquiry of like, does that even, would it make a difference, raw foods? I'm an advocate of raw foods, like being natural and healthy and, and just, you know, overall better than, you know, like a, a white starchy rice, which is what she wanted. She wanted some rice and milk, and she ate that, and I made it for her because she wasn't eating anything else. So it's like, you know, what direction do I go in? And I know I could talk to the nutritionist, and they directed me to the um, Cancer Society, but, you know, I'm I'm really drawn to natural remedies. So that's my question is in in the world of natural remedies, is there anywhere you could direct me to or any feedback or input you could provide that, you know, would just help me to help her in, in um, having, you know, healthy stuff in her life? <laughs> that's a mouthful. Go for it, Dr. Morstein. Yeah, I would say, of course, the best thing, of course, is to have her you know, find some physician, you know, uh, that is alternatively based that can meld well with the other physicians she needs now in standard care due to her problems. Um, Mm. uh, You know, and, of course, I think, you know, even NDs and, you know, students, NDs, having your family try to tell you what to do, you know, is um, can be singularly unsuccessful all around. You know, versus when a physician says to do it, you know, the family member is, you know, leaping, you know, to do it. Um, So I can appreciate your frustrations in that regard. Off the top of my head, a raw food diet, you know, if it's safe for her in other manners and, uh, you know, is a, I, I do agree that that could very well have been, uh, you know, a good idea for her. It certainly can help with blood sugars, definitely, and it certainly is a clean diet, you know, and less of a stress on her body given her recent other diagnoses. Um, but, mm-hmm. as you you know, unfortunately, probably her cravings and addictions um, for the white rice and the milk has unfortunately you know, potentially cause this progression of her situation. And if, you know, if she can commit to doing a radical change, I still think, you know, there's a a capacity for her to feel a lot better. And um, I think a raw food start is a a great way to go. 
you know, but given, you know, as I said, that individually there's no reason it would be unsafe for her. So, yeah, I mean, there's a good book. I like a book called The um, the Raw Gourmet by uh, a gal called Noni, N-O-N-I, uh, Shannon. Known, that's one of the books I like patients to get as a good kind of starter book. It's got these really nice pictures in it and but there's a lot of raw food books and maybe if you showed her some books and pictures and you know just maybe even just made a meal you know and uh you know she might be a little more interested at least into tasting it um yeah no i think you recommendation on the book i love all kinds of new ideas i'm currently reading the the ph miracle and yeah that's by dr robert young uh i yeah i uh that's um that's a good book too awesome yeah i just opened it up and um and just learned a little bit about the acid versus alkalinity impact on the body and and i can just see it and so you know again thank you for being in this um industry and, and, and providing people with alternative um healthy ways of living. I appreciate you both. Thank you. Oh, so thank much, you. And good luck. Good luck. Uh, uh, you know, good luck to your mother. Uh I hope she recovers quickly and well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, and call me later. Let's talk, Faustina. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye. Talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks for taking that other question. I appreciate it. Um I think we have run out of time. It's been about an hour. It flew by. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show, Dr. Morstein. I really, really appreciate it. You rock. You're awesome. <laughs> thanks for doing the work that you do. And, um, yeah, so just thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks very much um, for having me, Lauren. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Okay. Okay, Bye. That's the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for your questions, everybody. I really appreciate it. Again, next week I'll be having uh, Nora Gigaudis on the show. She's the author of Primal Body, Primal Mind. Uh, it'll be a fabulous show. She's so smart. I love listening to that lady, so it'll be a really good one. And the week after that is uh, Dr. Nicola McFadgen. It's on Lyme disease, so spread the word with that. And uh, my website, drlaurennoel.com. That's D-R-L-A-U-R-E-N-N-O-E-L.com. I work with patients all over the country and the world, so if you need some help, Contact me, and I will get you going. So thanks so much again for listening. I appreciate the uh, continued support, and have a fabulous week. Take care. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold, up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121-1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in-stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.